I don't know if you heard, uh, I think Greg might have forgot to mention the announcement, but if you're wearing Bronco apparel this morning, there's free coffee for you in the lobby. So, help yourself. But, uh, we'll go ahead and get started and make sure we get, give you time to get to the game. Uh, before we start, I did want to share with you... Um, I heard, I've heard three different times for the Bronco games here. I heard 2.30, I heard 1.30, I heard 1 o'clock. And so finally my wife and I decided to settle it once and for all. We checked with the final authority on the matter. We asked Siri, and Siri said 1 o'clock, 1 p.m. So, now we know. Um, what else do we have here? We're going to pray. Last week, you know, we're going to review what we talked about last week. One of the things we did talk about is trying to figure out what is God's will. We want to ask things for, you know, that are God's will, things that He wants to do, and we can have a little more confidence that He'll do that. I wonder sometimes, we, we'll probably have to do a teaching sometime, but uh, figuring out how, how do you determine God's will for a sporting event? Have you ever thought about that? What is the, I mean, we know the Broncos just get a waiver at the top there, um, but you know, how, how do you figure out you know, pride and faith and God's glory and how does God weigh in on a sporting event? Great question for another day. But, but we do know God gives us our reminders here in Colorado of why He favors the Broncos. Sunset after sunset, we see the orange and purple. And so it's, it's very clear, right? But uh, anyways, we're going to pray and then we're going to jump into our, our subject here this morning. And then we'll, we'll get on our way. But if you guys will, let's just bow our heads and, and we'll pray real quick. Oh, Lord Jesus, it is just awesome to come together and be in your presence, be with your people. Lord, it's awesome just to worship you. We are your church. Lord, we, we need you to revive us. We need your fire, your love in our hearts to affect everything that we do. God, we're seeking you for that this year in a fresh way. We want to have new steps of faith so that we would please you. We want to have new steps, fresh love, Lord, so that we, we can also just please you and do your will. And God, I just pray you'd meet us here this morning. As uh, verses are shared, you promise that your word is living and it's active. You say that it goes out and it accomplishes what you desire. Lord, you say your word is even at work. It performs its work on those who believe. God, I just pray you would work on us here this morning. You'd have your way in our hearts and our minds with our will. God, we just turn this time over to you, to your spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, we're... Um, we're going to do a quick review from last week because it's going to help us segue into what we want to talk about this morning. And so, um, I just, let's see what we have here. I'll see how the clicker, handy dandy clicker's working. All right, review. Uh, here's a couple verses we looked at last week. I'm going to leave those up and I might even have a point here. Um, you know, um, just, uh, I'm just going to fly through some of the points we talked about last week. It was, a lot of it was based off of this verse here in Hebrews 11. Um, one and six, actually just primarily six, but we, we talked about that this year. The, the question we're asking, it's a two-part series we, we've started, and the question we're asking is, what a, what a, God, what do you want to do with us this year? And last week we answered the question that God wants us to take fresh steps of faith in trusting Him. Um, one of the points was, without faith, it'll be impossible to please God this year. He wants us to take steps of faith. Another thing we looked at was God desires to help us and bless us. We looked at the question Jesus asked in Mark 10 where He said, What do you want me to do for you? And he asked that several times. And so we, we wrestle with, well, here's, here's what I'd like, Lord. Here's what I'd love to see you change or, or grow or, or bless me in. We also looked at the, the, other, or the other point of, 
Our faith has more potential than we ever imagined. Our faith uh, enables God to do things that only God can do. It has more potential than we ever imagined. Beyond our wildest dreams is a, a paraphrase on Ephesians 3.20. We also uh, asked the question, you know, we looked at the question Jesus asked. Whatever that subject is for faith in, in your life, in mine, we have the question, do you believe I'm able to do this? And we have to answer that and wrestle with that. And the scriptures are very clear. God is able to do anything that He wants. Anything that's His will, He's able to do that. So the final thing we, we talked about was, well, we, I guess we've got to find out. If God is able to do anything He wants, we need to learn what God wants to do. What, what is He really willing to do? We know He's able to do anything that He wants. And so we talked about to get to know what God wants, we, we want to uh, get to know His character. Who is God as revealed through the Bible? We need to know and claim His promises that we find in the Bible. Those help us to know what He is able and willing to do. We also talked about praying according to His will. We also mentioned the uh, fourth point in, in that uh, action steps was we need to confess all sin, any sin that might short-circuit your faith, your confidence about what God is able and willing to do. We need to get rid of that sin. We need to call it sin and, and move past that in order to pray with confidence. And the last thing we need to do is ask God. James 4.2 says, You do not have because you do not ask God. You might ask all sorts of people. You might ask friends. You might ask some... Do you ask God about what you want, what you need, um, what He's willing to do? And so um, we're, we're going to take a look this morning at some things, and I think it's written in your handout, but when it comes to finding out what God is able and willing to do this morning, we're going to look at three things you can be absolutely convinced that God wants to do. Three things that you can be absolutely confident God wants to do in your life this year, in my life, and in our church. And knowing that that's what He wants to do, we can back up to last week's message and, and then ask for that in faith. Because we can be convinced it's what He wants. And, and so we're going to take a look at those three things here this morning. And so, um, let's see, I did want to share one story with you. Uh, there have been a couple miracles. If you are with us last night, you've already heard of the miracles. The miracle on 33rd and Tejon Street. Um, but there, uh, some of you might have noticed in the, in the past few weeks, few months, few years, we've had some electrical issues around here called the, the flickering light syndrome. Some of you may have noticed, some of you may never have noticed that before. And, and I don't know what I'd say about that. But, um, but anyways, we've been gone through several iterations of trying to debug and figure it out. Um, we've been working with, uh, is, is Rob Nielsen around here? We've been working with, uh, oh yeah, Rob's company over there, XL Energy. Um, and, but anyways, things have started reaching a peak. Last, last week or two, the things would flicker so much around here that the emergency lights would kick on because... They thought they needed to because it was not that much. The power was fluctuating so much here. Um, we had some of you might have known the famous uh, fire alarm panel in the cafe back there uh, was making a buzzing sound, an increasingly louder and louder buzzing sound. It, it also began to have another feature that it would it would buzz in unison with the lights flickering. It would buzz louder and the lights would dim, and it was kind of this little you know another little <laughs> cafe feature there. Um, well, it. it 
continued uh, this week, and at one point the, the feature that was also added was the, the smoking smell uh, over by the fire panel unit that stopped buzzing, um, and, and the heat coming off of that said unit. Um, but anyways, that, the, a transformer burned out there, and we called a, a company to come replace the transformer. Another company came in to look at it, and they, they said, um, they realized there was all sorts of voltages were coming into this thing and it caused it just to burn out and so they traced it back and the electrician said they, they think it was the service coming into the building here Excel and so they called Excel in and you know that was another one of the miracles Excel showed up that morning um, right after being called and so there's been miracles going on all over the place here um, but Excel came in they checked out their transformer they said no it's coming in at 120 here it's your guys deal so the electrician continued to work and debug and he ran some tests and things, but he figured out that when Excel tested, there was, I guess, not a lot of load running in the building. It was not under load, and so they were getting a certain signal, but as soon as you put it under load, whatever that means in the electrical world, um, it started fluctuating from 124 to 164 to all sorts of things, and so uh, Greg put a call into Excel, and they said they would be here as soon as possible, one to five business days, and so... Um, <laughs> Well, as all of this was going on, uh, we had a, a meeting. Uh, John Meyer came down, met with Greg and I. We were just praying through life in the church, just kind of comparing notes. But somewhere along the way, I've, I felt like God put on my heart this verse and this situation. Uh, your power has been flickering for a long time. You've complained about it. You've preached about it. You've tried to debug it. You've done all sorts of things, Rich. But you remember asking me for help on this. And, and as we were praying, I'm just like... Well, well, duh, that seems like a good idea. Let's ask God to help. I mean, He's God of the universe. He's God even of Excel energy and all sorts of things, you know. Um, but, and so I threw that in as a part of our prayer with Greg and John, and we all, you know, just continued to pray. But um, Excel ended up showing up that afternoon, late afternoon, as we were leaving. And they showed up and they began debugging it. I think Greg got a call not too long later. I was ready to send a church message to all the pastors and then eventually a church-wide message saying, we are calling an audible this morning. You know, Omaha, Omaha, hurry, hurry. Service is off this weekend because we don't have power. Um, but right before I was going to hit send, Greg called and said, well, Excel... They traced their line back up to their transformer, and sure enough, they had a wire that was disconnected, a neutral that was hanging loose or something there, and they fixed it, and by God's grace, no more flickering lights, and so God has graciously answered our prayers, so praise the Lord. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I think it just reminded me, sometimes we really do not have things because we do not ask. The Lord knows all the details about our flickering power supply. We did hear a few beeps at the fire alarm panel last night, but the fire alarm guys said we probably would. So anyways, um, but this morning again, we're going to talk about some things that we can ask God for. We can ask God for with confidence. Some things that are a part of what God wants to do with us this year. I'm positive uh, of that. And so um, we are going to... Um, I'm going to share a few verses here real quick. I'm just going to, really what I'm going to do is try to fly through some verses as fast as I can. Let them wash over you, soak in, bounce off you, whatever. But we're just going to fly through them and see uh, if they might speak to our hearts or they might warm our hearts here. But um, when it comes to, um, when it comes to this, what does God want us to do? In some ways, last week we asked God, God was asking us, what, what do you want me to do for you? This is kind of flipping the other side of the coin. It's kind of like Paul after his experience on the road to Damascus where he 
the Lord confronts him and he says, you know, Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? And, and he said, who are you? And he said, it's Jesus of Nazareth. And, and he has this whole conversion experience. But he leaves that experience going, Lord, what shall I do for you? What shall I do, Lord? And in some ways, that's what we want to ask. Lord, what do you, what do you want? What do you want us to do this year? And here's some things, again, um, you can be positive about. There's so many things. There's ways to personalize these. But we're going to hit on this. But one of the questions we have before looking at these three points are, um, if you knew what God wanted you to do, would you do it? Jesus asked it like this, he say, or He said this. He said, if anyone chooses to do God's will... He'll find out whether my teaching comes from God or I speak on my own. You know, if you don't want to do God's will, I think Jesus was saying, you're going to miss it. He, the Scriptures are full of His teachings and thoughts on God and what God wants, but He's saying, if you don't want to do God's will, none of this is going to make sense to you. So before we even get started here this morning, I, I just want to ask you, do you want to do God's will? If you knew what it was that He wanted for you, would you be willing to do it? Would you be willing to ask Him for help in that? Would you be willing to prioritize and focus and do things differently knowing what God's will is for your life this year? I want to pray one more time as we answer that question. Lord, we, uh, we, we do look to You this morning. God, it's a serious question. You created us for Your will, for Your pleasure. And, and God, the question is, will we live for, for Your will or for ours? Will we live for Your pleasure or for our pleasure? for Your glory or for our glory. And God, I just pray that You would meet each one of us in our heart this morning. You know what we're thinking. You know what our answer is. God, I pray as we look at these verses, maybe You would change our answer or reinforce the answer that's in our hearts. Uh, again, Lord, we, we just ask You to redeem the time as we look at these verses uh, as quickly as possible. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so just some verses on this subject. I'm going to fly through some just to make sure you understand the importance of this. Revelation, um, and I'm going to keep it on this slide here, but Revelation 4.11 says this. Um, in heaven there's a scene playing out, and this is what's being said. It says to, to the Lord Jesus, it says, You are worthy, our, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Why do you exist? Why do I exist? Because it was God's will. Other translations say because it pleased Him to make you and I and all things in creation by His will. Whose will then do you think we should be living for? Another verse puts it like this. Ephesians 5, 15-17 says, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do you know what the Lord wants for you? This verse would imply that it's foolish not to know what the Lord's will is much less carry that out with the help of His Spirit is the context there. Another place, I love this one, about Jesus. It says, Jesus said, John 4.34, My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and finished His work. My food, my fuel, what's burning on the inside is to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish His work. What's, what's your fuel? What fuels your life? What drives your life? Is it the pursuit of money? or pleasure, or titles, or fame? Is it relationships that fuel your life? Or is it doing the will of your Father in heaven? 
Matthew 7.21 puts it like this. This is a pretty sober verse, but Jesus is speaking again. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Are you doing God's will? Because Jesus somehow says, Not everyone's going to be in heaven, but those who are doing my Father's will. And there's reference after reference. I think about the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 9, Matthew 7, 9, but it just says, uh, This is then how you should pray, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Holy is your name, Lord. Um, your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are you getting a sense that God really has something that He wants? You know, that, that word, we don't use that, you know... Someone has a will for you. Sometimes I, I revert back to Lord of the Rings thinking, you know, the will of Sauron. Sauron wants to destroy your life or something. But, but God has a will, the will of the Lord. He has something that He wants from you and I. Wants for us this year. And, and again, we're going to take a look at these next three things here. And, and really the three things we're going to look at, the action step for each one is going to be prayer. We're going to pray related to each one of those, or we're going to give you things to pray about this week anyways. So, um, whose will have you been living for, and how's that been going for you? Because Jesus described God's will as something that would lead to new life, to true life, to full life, abundant life, eternal life. Do you want to live for... God's will this year. And so, there's a, there's a way we could tell this. Uh, we're going to look at um, some of the commands that Jesus gave. You know, um, His teaching, His commands. There's some things that Jesus pointed us to. Um, when I think of God's commands, you know, sometimes I just go, okay, God, God commands us to do this, um, and so we've got to obey it, and let's just get on obeying. But I think we need to realize that anywhere God has commanded something, what God is revealing is something that He really wants in His creation. The Ten Commandments are things that God wants because they are, they're not just arbitrary, they're an overflow of who God is. There's three things we're going to talk about that God wants from you and I that uh, they're not just random. They're things He wants because the, the, He's commanded them because He wants wants them. He wants those to be happening in His creation. And, and He wants us to obey those. And they're in the form of a command. They are to be obeyed. But we ought to catch God's heart in them, God's will in them. And so, one time when Jesus was asked, uh, you know, I'll just read from uh, Matthew twenty-two thirty-four 34, about this situation. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested Him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And so, Jesus made it very clear, this is the greatest. In some ways you might go, what's on God's heart the most? I'll tell you what's on God's heart the most. That you love Him with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. And that you love your neighbors as yourself. You can be positive. That is what God wants for you and for I this year in different forms and facets. And so, um, you know, just a few quick things to note from that. One is that the greatest thing is, is love. Last week we talked about faith. And faith is extremely important. Uh, we talked about uh, without faith it's impossible to please God. And with faith, God will move a mountain for you if you would believe Him for it. And yet... 
it's very clear from the scriptures that the greatest thing is love. You know, it says at one point in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Another place, earlier in that same chapter, he says, um, If I speak of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm only resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, um, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Faith is extremely important, and, and love is even more important. And we've got to catch this as we look into our, our coming year here. And so, you know, for, I'm just going to try to fly through these. There's a couple blanks here. Um, God created us for a loving relationship. I just think it's amazing in this command you see that God has given you a heart. And He's given you a soul. And He's given you a mind. Uh, and Mark it throws in, He's given you strength. Uh, to love Him with. We have been given some unique faculties in order to have a loving relationship with God. It's not just arbitrary. You know, when I first began to read this, I just thought, this is a really hard command. God is really big. He must give really big and hard commands. And I'm just going to check out from here because this is too hard to even understand. But a few quick things to review. With all your heart... That's your emotional nature. God wants you to love Him with all your heart. He's given you emotional bandwidth. Some of you He's given more bandwidth than others. Some of us have very little emotional bandwidth. I'm realizing I have more emotional bandwidth than I previously thought, and I'm figuring out how to deal with that. Um, but we all have that, and we can love God passionately with that. And you need to realize He's given you your unique capacity to love Him with your heart. And He wants you to do that. And your soul, your soul, some would say, is your volitional nature. Your ability to make choices. You have the choice to love God or not love God. To obey God's commands, to show Him love, or to not obey God's commands. Your soul has also been referred to, I've heard it as your eternal personality. You know, it's kind of the eternal side of you, as well as your choice side of you. It's, you can love God personally. You can love God in a way that no one else on this planet can. Are you doing that? He's given you a, a mind. It's your intellectual nature. You can love God thoughtfully. God doesn't want your mindless worship of doing the same old, same old, time in and time out. He's not after your religion. He wants you to love Him thoughtfully, to engage your brain, just like your spouse doesn't mind when you engage your brain to, to love her. Um, God, God wants us to love Him with all our mind as well. And your strength is your physical nature. You can actually exert strength and energy to show your love to God, especially as you exert energy in a body that sometimes does not feel naturally like it has energy. And there's a way to show God love that way. And so, though He's given us these things for a loving relationship. Our relationship, it's not in a vacuum. Again, it's not just this really hard thing to do. It's God has created us for a loving relationship and He's shown us His love. He sent His Son into this world to show us what love should look like. He sent His Son in the world to die on a cross, to take our sins on His cross. Um, you know, our love is to be a response. In 1 John 1.19, it just says, We love because He first loved us. I think of Romans 5.8. God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 1 Peter 3.18. For Christ died for sins once for all the righteous, which He was for the unrighteous, you and I, to bring you to God. We are to respond to God's love. It's a, it's a response thing. And it's not just a, a... I was thinking about this a little bit. It's not just a respond one time. Okay, He died for me. I responded to that. And, and now the rest of this life, God is like... Um, you know, some of you have ever seen the movie Castaway? 
We treat God like Wilson. It's this one-way conversation. We're talking to him, and Wilson has a smile on his face. He does whatever we tell him to do. We put the volleyball over here, the volleyball goes over there. Sometimes we think, we respond to God's love, we get saved, and the rest of life is living with God, Wilson. Um, and it's not like that. We have a responding relationship. We can respond to God's commands, to His Spirit as He reveals His will. We respond to that. And we can pray, and guess what? God responds to you and to me. And it's a relationship, responding to one person and, and being responded to. And that's the essence of a loving relationship with God. And I hope you're experiencing that. And we can show God our love. Jesus said it very clearly. We can show Him our love by obeying Him. He has my commands and obeys Him. He is the one who loves me. And, and we can love God by obeying Him. And we can make choices to obey Him, to show our love. And we can do that with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our, our, our soul, with all our strength. And so, um, you know, as far as an action item here, I'm going to give us one action item. Um, and it, and it, really is, it really is prayer. But in order to illustrate this point, we're going to have an illustration. The next two points, they're going to be like super fast. But I've asked for someone to help us illustrate this. Actually... Dennis shared a story the other day in our pastor's meeting that has caused me to begin to pray something every day. I want to have him share that story and another story that he shared um, about how each one of us can grow in loving God like this because our love for God is going to affect every other as aspect of our life this year. And so, would you guys welcome Dennis up real quick? And Okay, um, yeah, I'll be real quick about this. Two stories, and they both relate to two different men. Probably these men have had a greatest, the greatest impact on my life than any other men. Um, one of them goes back uh, a ways. At the beginning of this movement, his name was Jim, and uh, I met him in the Army. He had a big part in starting this whole movement. But um, I was a young Christian, just kind of tagging along for the ride, and kind of uh, hopping on board of his coat strings, so to speak. He had a lot of faith, and we did a lot of things. And um, I'm thinking, I cannot believe we're doing these things. But anyway, so we did them. But one thing about Jim, uh, he had a genuine love for God. And um, sometimes I overheard his quiet times because we had to be in little bitty, uh, we stayed in little houses and stuff like that when we were on the small team and we all crowded in there and there was an attic in this one house and he would go in there and pray and I thought, whoa. Um, but I knew his relationship with the Lord was so genuine and real and he told me that um, for a year one time he made a commitment to the Lord, I think it was when he was in high school or maybe just out of high school. Um, and his commitment to the Lord that he was going to pray this verse right here. Every day, every day for a year, that he just said, Lord, today I want to love you with all my heart and with all my soul, with all my strength and with all my mind. And, um, and so I, when I heard that, I thought, <clears throat> I could tell he loved the Lord, and I knew I had some growing to do. So I thought, I'm going to do that. Um, I don't think I told anybody, but I prayed that prayer every day. And um, <clears throat> I think God really helped me in that area. I still pray that prayer regularly. It comes to my mind in my prayer walks. So, um, you can take that and let the Holy Spirit kind of speak to you there if He wants you to grow in love. Might as well, like Rich was saying, you don't have because you ask, you don't ask. So, 
And, and you know, one of the things we pray for our kids when they were growing up and still do is that more than anything else that their relationship with the Lord would become huge. Because it's so easy to grow up in a Christian home and see mom and dad's faith and their love for the Lord and yet never really have that become their own. They don't own that. Um, and so when you can see them spending time in prayer and spending time with the Lord, um, that's when the relationship becomes huge and that's the most important thing in our lives is uh, to love the Lord, like Rich was saying. The second person... <clears throat> um, that uh, had a big impact on my life, and this is before I ever met Jim. Uh, this is after I graduated from college. Um, Great Commission hadn't even started yet, and I just wanted to serve the Lord. Um, I'd been involved in Campus Crusade on during my years in college, and so um, as I was just finishing up my graduate degree, actually, in music, um, God was changing. He had been changing my heart's desires for all those years. And um, all, all I wanted to do really when I graduated was serve the Lord. And the only way I knew to do that was to do what I was doing. And I, got, I went on staff with Crusade. <clears throat> and I sang with a group and we traveled around. It was a wonderful experience. And then uh, I, after that I got drafted and that's when I met Jim. And so that's when my whole life took on a whole deeper uh, Meaning, I guess you would say, because I, I could see there was a lot more in what Jim was saying. It related to the church and, and how God wanted to use the church. So, anyway, uh, 20 years later, uh, after I uh, left Crusade, I just, uh, I'd heard that Bonnette, his wife, was out in Washington, D.C. because she started the National Day of Prayer or something like that. So, I just thought, I'm going to just call up the... Hilton Hotel down in Crystal City, find out if I could talk with Dr. Bright and ask him if he would need a ride at the airport. <laughs> and I thought, whoa, that's out there. But I did. I just got the courage up and I did and he said, sure. I don't even know if he remembered me. So I went down there and picked him up in my old beat up van and, and uh, took he and his wife, Vonette, in this real swanky hotel in Crystal City, drove him to the airport. And I had a good time fellowshipping on the way. and. Uh, kind of filling him in on what we had done last. And I think he remembered me because I was in the New Folk and that was, you know, that we had more contact with him being involved in that little singing group. So anyway, uh, just as he boarded the plane, <clears throat> I walked in with him, parked the van, we all walked in and I was uh, helping him with some of his luggage and stuff. And I asked him, uh, just as he was walking down, getting ready to go down that little runway, you know, where you get into the plane, I just, I hollered out, I thought, I'm going to ask this, Dr. Bright, what can I pray for you? And without hesitating, he said, just pray that I'll not lose my first love. And mm, that was a long ride back mm, to my house because mm, I, uh, I thought, my goodness, this guy... He has a worldwide ministry going on, 10,000 people on staff. They're breaking into new countries, seeing huge things happen for God. And I would have thought that something like that would have been a prayer request, you know. But pray that I won't lose my first love. And I thought, I don't know that that would have been my answer. And so I got really convicted again. 
that I think God uses people that love him the most. And um, like George Verber once said, he said it's going to be worshipers that turn the world upside down. So anyway, those are my stories. Well, um, brothers and sisters, my hope is that each one of us would begin to pray. I would challenge you. I've begun, Dennis shared a story a couple weeks ago at a pastor's meeting about praying every day. And I've begun to pray, Lord, help me to love you with all my heart and with all my soul and with all my mind and all my strength. And I've, I've begun to realize in praying that, that I have more need for it than I previously thought. Um, also begun to realize that God is more able and willing to help me grow in this than I had previously thought. And so there's faith mounting, and yet the, there's a challenge ahead. And so I ask that you guys would all join me in praying that. And also throw in a prayer, Lord, renew my first love for you. Give me a first love for you. And I think there would be things that God would do in our lives and in our church that might be pretty scary as we look back on them there. But if we have a love like that, I don't think it seems like that at the time. So we want to, we want to be praying that. And, you know, really, uh, commands are meant to be obeyed. And uh, Oswald Chambers said, uh, Prayer is no, praying is no substitute for obeying. We need to obey this, and yet prayer is a great beginning point. We've got to start somewhere, and let's start there together. These last two points are two other commands here. That's the Great Commandment. We're going to look at the Great Commission. Uh, we're going to do them a little briefer, and, uh, but that one is really the heart of it all. If you get this, everything else will overflow from it. Another command Jesus gave, Mark 16.15, here in the Living Bible, says like this, You are to go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone everywhere. It's a command. It's on God's heart that you and I go into all the world and preach this good news, the message of His love and His sacrifice on the cross for you and I. And we take that to everyone, everywhere. And so, um, just a few thoughts on that. Um, I think Dennis might even share this at, the, uh, at Faith Walkers. If you get a chance to listen to his message there about a love, Christ's love compels us. A few verses just on this subject. If you don't know it's God's will, 1 Timothy uh, 2, 3 and 4. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. He wants this. 2 Peter 3, 9. It just talks about... Um, uh, let's see. It says, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God wants people to be saved. Luke 19, 10. The Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. That's what he, Jesus came into this world for. I think of a, a verse here. It might be in the handout or here it is on the slide here. But Luke 19.41, speaking of Jesus' compassion for people. As He approached Jerusalem, this was before He went to be crucified for, for our sins. After living a perfect life and going to be crucified, punished for our peace, He, he, he was saying this on the way in. Um, as He approached Jerusalem and saw the city, He wept over it and said, If you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but it is hidden from your eyes. And he went on and, and he took our punish he took the punishment that brought us peace. And uh, I, I just think about it, even though knowing people would reject him, many accepted him initially, superficially, and then they went on to crucify him. But he was saying, if you only knew what would bring you peace. Men and women, do you know what would bring you peace? Do you know what would bring you life and love? 
He has it. It's what Jesus has to offer. Nothing else can bring you what, what He can. And so um, we have to catch His compassion for people, one that might even make us weep. You remember the last time you wept for someone who does not know the Lord? I've realized that even in the last month or two, I've had a few times like that, and I just think it's because the love of Christ is filling my heart more than it has in a while. Uh, the Amplified says this verse, um, five, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.14, For the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us. The love of Christ controls and urges and impels us. It goes on to talk about the ministry of reconciling people to God, being an ambassador. Do you have a love of Christ in your heart that's compelling you? to overcome your fears, to engage lovingly with people who are lost. Um, you know, uh, we're going to be doing a series here soon. I think of this verse in Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, uh, 1 Thessalonians 2, 8. It's just, uh, I've just been continuing to try to feed on this verse and have it fuel my life. But Paul, the Apostle Paul, said it like this to, to those in, in the city of Thessalonica. But he said, um, We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. We loved you so much. It's that compelling love of Christ that, that they just had to share the gospel. Do you have that love? Do I have that love? We need to pray for that love. You know, we do, we're hoping to do some more evangelism training as a church here. But what I've found as a pastor, almost 14 years of pastoring, I've found that it, when it comes to evangelism training, many people who do not want to be a part of evangelism training are not there. You want to train the whole church? We've been given the responsibility to equip all the saints for acts of service. But many times when we do things like that, many people are not there. But you know what? If you had a love of Christ that compels you, you'll do what it takes. You'll reprioritize. You'll work through things. I remember when I had that, I wanted to share my faith and I had no idea how. And I remember a friend, uh, she's like, well, we need to, well, let's, you know, back in the days, uh, this other church in Fort Collins was doing training and they had an eight cassette tape series and a workbook. And she said, I got the tapes. Let's go get trained. And... Some of you don't know what cassette tapes are, but um, they're kind of like MP3 players, but only a lot bigger and not as cool. But um, Later on, our church offered this crazy thing called the outreach class, and we took that and were trained. But, you know, I wanted to share, and I had no idea how, but I knew that I wanted to, and the rest was details. If you do not have the love of Christ compelling you, uh, the rest is obvious. And so we need to pray for that, men and women. And that's the action step here. We're going to be doing this series in Thessalonians starting next week. And, and I'm almost tempted to call. I've been praying about a series title and feel like I've not had one because I've not asked for one. I finally asked for one. Um, but one of the phrases that came to mind is the first chapter of Thessalonians. Paul talked about how they were sharing their faith and to them it was a labor of love. A labor of love. They shared with others. Why? Because they loved to. Just like Paul shared with them because they love to. And we, we've got to be praying together. Lord, give me the compassionate, compelling love of Christ that I might share with others here. Join me in praying for that this year as well. The last area uh, relates to the command. Jesus said that's about loving those who don't know God. This is about loving others who do. Um, there's a few verses here, but this is one of the commands that Jesus said. Here's a new command. I give you love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. He went on to say, By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. 
We've been commanded. You can be positive. God wants you to love your brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, I love this verse related to that. Uh, Galatians 6.10. I think we read it in the What on Earth Am I Here For? But it says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Sometimes people can say, Oh, yeah, I love the lost. You know, it's all about the lost. And you look and see how they treat their roommates or their family or other things. And it's, it's kind of this false advertising. It's like, Hey, I'm, I'm all about the lost. And you've got to join this family. And you look at what's going on in the family. And it's people have this attitude of, uh, I hate life. I hate these people I'm running with. But you really ought to join the family. And, you know, really what it should be is we love one another. We care for one another. Jesus said this. He said, um, uh, well, actually John said this. First uh, John 3.16. And I can't find it. But he says, uh, this is what love is. Jesus laid down His life for us. We ought to lay down our life for our brothers and sisters. We need to be laying down our life for each other. Something to be praying related to that. Love is patient. We have the whole... Um, passage there in 1 Corinthians 13. Let me see if I've got that. Love is wrong page here. It goes, love is patient, kind, does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking. When you have the love of Christ, it's not selfish. It's not self-seeking. It's, uh, it's more like Jesus. Sacrificial serving. If you love one another, we're going to be sacrificially serving. Sometimes we serve and we bring our attitude with it. Oh, I'll let, I'll let you know how much I sacrificed, how much I'm going out of my way for you, and, but I served. But that's not anything to do with the love of Christ. It's laying down our lives for one another with no attitude, but thankfulness of what Christ has done for us. And we need to be growing in that. Um, you can go through the whole passage. Love is, uh, you know, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love is forgiving. has selfless serving. I think about some of you in the church that serve here. Uh, I've noticed recently, the funny thing is, there's a couple people in the church here coming the furthest distances that I would say arguably serve you and I the most. People coming from the north side and south side of town. I think about John McIntosh and his family. He, he serves on the greeting team. He serves on the sound team. He serves on the setup and teardown team. He serves on... and. Uh, you know, why does John do it? Uh, because he has extra time on his hand. He just really wants to waste his time, right? <laughs> you know, that's not it. John, John's got a full plate. He's got a, a full family. I think John does it because he loves God and he loves you and I. I think about Dennis and the people coming up from Parker. And Dennis has been following the Lord for a number of years. And, and Dennis has been asking, uh, okay, what week did I sign up again on that cleanup team? I, I want to do, you know... I'm, Dennis and Thelma are on the cleanup team of your church and mine. Are you on that cleanup team? Are you just trying to figure out where, where's lunch? Who's bothering me? Not let me get out of here. We've got to grow in a love for one another that is sacrificial, that's selfless. And they're not going to say anything about that. But I've noticed. And, and I'm praying to be like that. I think of this verse I just read this past week from, from Genesis. And it was the story of Laban and, and Jacob. And Laban at one point, you know, he's, he's talking to Jacob. And he says this. He says, um, I've learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. And that phrase just stood out to me. This guy Laban is saying, I figured it out. God is blessing me because of you. Because of you, your relationship with God, I've been blessed. And I've made that in my prayer. Lord, might someone say that to me? You know, God has really blessed me because of you. I'm praying that my wife would say that. Rich, 
God has really blessed me because of you. I'm praying that my kids would say that. I'm praying that this church would say that. But would you make that your prayer as well? That somebody might say of you, you know what, I just wanted to tell you, God has really blessed me because of you. Wouldn't that be an awesome thing? And I'm praying that, and I hope you, you would all be praying that. Um, you know, there's a prayer here. Lord Jesus, please help me to love and bless my brothers and sisters in Christ like you have loved and blessed me. I just wanted to close this part with just a, an analogy about being a, a blessing to one another. Uh, that we could be praying that, that we're each a vessel filled with God's blessing to bring to our brothers and sisters. I was thinking about a, a vessel. The vessel that came to mind was a bucket. Um, may we be... Bless, buckets of blessing. I uh, think about this picture of a bucket. Imagine a, a old farm, country bucket, a wooden bucket that you milk the cows, and you know, any of you ever used one of those? No, probably not. But you know what I'm talking about, right? But imagine this cool uh, vintage bucket, wooden bucket. And, um, but imagine it's our relationship with God determines what's in our bucket, how full it is or how empty it is. And then imagine near the top of the bucket, there's two holes punched in either side of it. And the hole, one hole is uh, that which would overflow to bless those that don't know God. And the other hole is that which overflows to bless those who do. And that we would pray that we would be buckets that are filled up with God's love in such a way that blessing flows out on both those who don't know Christ and those who do. That it would compel us, that it would cause us to serve sacrificially. And maybe we'd be praying that we'd be vessels that are filled with God's love and that it overflows. Because if you are not, you know, that comes only from God. That's the type of love. You know, the Scriptures are real clear. Uh, whoever does not love does not know God. That God who gives us the source, the source of our love. And if you're not connected with God, there's no way to have a, a selfless Christ-like love because it only comes from Christ. Um, and, and so, if you're not getting filled with your, through your relationship with God, even praying that God would fill you, you, you know what's happening? you got a bucket that's full of stagnant, stale, probably decaying water. Things are growing in it. Like it was left out in the barn in the hot, humid summer in Iowa. Uh, and things are growing in there. If you're not being filled up with fresh living water, that's what's going on. And the other thing is, anytime you interact with people uh, who are being filled, guess what? You're going to be only on the receiving end. They're going to be pouring out and blessing you, and they're giving you, and, um, and you're going to be only taking, and taking, and taking, uh, and never being full. But if we're connecting with God, if He's filling us up with His love, It'll overflow into blessing those around you. And we'll be, there's times we receive. But Jesus was very clear. It's, much, it's more like God. It's more blessed to give. And we want to be vessels that are filled and, and overflowing. And, you know, again, as I've begun to pray this, I realize I have more need for this than I previously thought. And I have a God who is more willing and able to do this than, than I previously realized. And I just want to encourage you guys to join me. Maybe we have not because we've asked not. But here's something you can be absolutely sure God wants to give you and me. And let's pray for that this year. Let's pray. We love God with all our heart. That we have a love, a compassion that compels us to reach the lost. And that we have a love, a sacrificial Christ-like love for one another in this church. Uh, let's pray and we'll call it a morning here. Lord Jesus, we, we do just thank you for bringing us together here this morning. God, we thank you that this is your will. This is what you want for each one of us. 
And really, it's more about experiencing your love. God, we give so little back to you, but but you give abundantly and graciously. And Lord, I pray you'd fill us up. Help us to love you with all we've got. Help us to love those who don't know you and make choices to overcome our fears and comforts and conveniences to reach them. Help us, Lord, to love one another, to love this family of believers above all else. God, help us in all this. We need your help to go where you want to take us. God, I pray that... you would answer our prayers. Thank you that this is in line with your will and and we can ask uh, anything according to your will and you hear us. And we also know that you'll answer us. And and so we ask that you would. We we lift up these prayers to you here this morning. We also ask if you'd be willing to help the Broncos win. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys for coming this morning here. All right.